25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 wide sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yes! Football, football, football. Well, we're not playing football. We will be soon. One of these days, it's going to happen. We all know that. It's just a matter of when. So for now, we just have to talk about it. Right? Isn't that what we're doing now? We're just talking about it. And that's okay with me. We talk about it year-round anyway. We might as well get on the radio and talk about it. That's the way I look at it. Hey, what's up on this Tuesday? Welcome into the studio. Y'all hit me up. On uh, this Tuesday. It's not just any Tuesday, though. It's Cinco de Mayo. So hit us up. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Beaver's here today, which is extremely important. I'm here. That's pretty important, I think. Most importantly, you're here. There's lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. You didn't get to hear that, did you? Come on! Cinco de Mayo, happy one to y'all, y'all. So text me on the country, please, and text line. It's 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number, 885-ESPN. If you need the number, it's 885-3776. You can uh, call, and I get to hear your voice. I look forward to that. Hit me up on the Divini Equipment phone line, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact. That means they've been doing it better longer than anyone else. So hit us up there on the phone line, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995 995- 1059. I'll keep them on the screen. If you're watching on Periscope or on the live Facebook feed, hey to y'all. What's up on this Tuesday? Hope you're off to a good one. There's Danny on Facebook saying hello. He says he loves Jerry Clower. Yep. He started the stream today. You got to hear the open. Joy, hail state to you. Linda saying hi. Watching on Periscope via Twitter. If you want to check those out, it's just facebook.com slash radio Wyatt. And uh, Radio Wyatt on Twitter. That'll lead you to the Periscope feed. You can watch it that way if you want to kind of see, get a glimpse into the studio, get a reminder of what the numbers are and all that jazz. So just getting started with you here on this Tuesday. And there's some ground to cover today. Not that, you know, uh, it's any different than any other day. It seems like on uh, the radio, even though we don't have games going on. Yes, we had the Korean baseball thing. No, I did not stay up until midnight to watch that. Uh, if you did, I'd love to know what you think. If y'all watched it, let me know what you thought about it. I, I have not spoken to anybody today who said, yeah, I stayed up and watched it. So if you did, let me know what you think about it. And, uh, you know, we can talk about the one live sporting event that we had a chance to watch over the last 24 hours. 
and I slept right through it. Somebody seems like I saw on Twitter that maybe there was like a uh, a rain delay. Is that right? Like people stayed up here in the states. It was dying to see uh, baseball. ESPN going to broadcast the Korean League uh, debut or, or season opener that is, and they stay up for that around midnight. And lo and behold, there's a rain delay. <laughs> So anyway, if you saw it, let me know what you thought about that. Some ground to cover today. You um, are going to get later this week, I'll give you a heads up, especially Saints fans, pay attention to this. Later this week, you're going to get the release of the schedule, the NFL schedule. I think that's Thursday when you're going to actually get the release of the schedule. Now, we I think we know who the home opponents are and who the away opponents are for all the SEC teams, but I don't think we know the dates and all that. Now, again, it's a a little interesting that given the middle of this pandemic, where we are, kind of everything's still shut down, things slowly but surely starting to creep open again. You know, it might seem like a little bit of an odd time to go ahead and release the whole schedule with dates attached to it. But there also may be some method in that, and that is the NFL continuing to give its fans something that is normal, like they did the draft, right? And they're going to give them the schedule now and say, hey, look, go ahead and buy your tickets because our games are going to happen and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we'll go over that. We're going to go over for Saints and everybody else who the games are. We'll find out on Thursday when the games are. One Power 5 conference has made the decision, they made the decision yesterday, to extend – their uh, suspension of all sporting activities for all athletic teams. They extended that. I think I need to look this up. This is something I actually ought to know, but I think May the 31st is, is what the SEC has already, you know, put out there. Like all team activities for every team at SEC schools is suspended until May 31st. Do I have that right? Or is it earlier in May? You know, regardless, I mean, everything be over by then and nothing's going to happen. It's just, it's just kind of a, a line in the sand, but one Power Five conference extended it. We're going to kind of get into that and give you some some details. And there is actually big recruiting news out there in the football world, the college football world. We'll get into that in hour number two. Big-time quarterback recruit, huge big-time quarterback recruit, whose dad used to coach at one SEC school, is now going to another SEC school. In fact, a pretty big rival. Uh, for that matter. So we'll get into all that. Let's see here. Is Denzel, yeah, White Denzel on the Country Pleasing text line is the first to text the show. And he said, uh, there was a rain delay in the Korean baseball game that was played. It may not be the Major League, it may not be Major League Baseball, but man, it's fun. When you bat flip everything, that makes it unique. Rich Eisen said on his show this morning that his college football source said there will be football, just more regionalized. Ten games, total nine conference games. You know, that's really interesting because um, Denzel, all right, first of all, on the Korean baseball deal, I told you all yesterday, you know, I'm not staying up till midnight to watch it. I failed to DVR it. There will be plenty of other opportunities. But I was just saying, if you didn't see it, I got to see a little bit about what this Korean baseball stuff was like three years ago when you had the World Baseball Classic in the spring. And, and I can't wait for that to come around next year. I think 2021 is when we get that again. And it's just so much fun to see the different stadiums, the crowd, you know, and, and in Korea and in Japan, the way they chant, 
the fans, along with who's on the field and who's hitting and just kind of the choreography of the atmosphere in those games is so much different than what we're used to here. And if you hadn't seen it, I knew you would enjoy it. You said, yeah, and, you know, one little contact and flip the bat. <laughs> and, man, they're good. They got some guys who are really good. Uh, so I knew you would enjoy it if you're a diehard fan. Now, over here real quick to the Rich Eisen comment. So I didn't see it. By the way, Rich Eisen does a really good show, doesn't he? I don't get to catch it very much. But the times that I have, and I've seen a lot of the replays of different interviews and stuff, and he can interview anybody he wants to. It's really good. So you're saying that he said on his show he's got a college football source, which, you know, obviously he's going to have a good one, that there will be football. Now, who does that sound like? Okay, White Denzel, you listen to this show. Who else does that sound like? It sounds like this show. There will be football, college football. Yesterday on this show, we brought up the idea that it could look and be structured much, much different than, or, or differently than you have ever seen. Right? Again, go back to what I told you on Friday. I reiterated some of that yesterday. Uh, on, on October the 1st, start date is a real possibility. That's October the 1st, Thursday night. If college campuses open back up, in July, then there is a great chance, you know, you'd have a chance if all of them opened to back up in July, there'd be a great chance to get enough weightlifting in and team activities in and then enough practice in August in under your belt to be able to then play in September. So then you could conceivably go, okay, well, if you do start playing games in September, you can get 10 ball games in, not 12, but you could get 10 in. And you could certainly play nine conference games in that amount of time. But what I told you yesterday is if they start on October the 1st, Thursday night, October 1st, it's a month later, one month delay. As some schools open up fully in July, others are not. But the thought would be that pretty much everybody would start to open their campuses unless there's some drastic change one way or the other. People would pretty much everybody start to open their campuses to students by August. And you'd go through team stuff and strength and conditioning in August. You'd practice in September and be ready to play in October. And if you do that, there are five Saturdays in October. There are four in November. Nine total in those two months. And if you're the SEC, you're already playing eight conference games. You could play eight conference games across nine weeks and everybody have one open date. And then have an SEC championship game and roll with it. Now, if you know the rest of the country is playing nine conference games, Big Ten, I think the ACC plays nine conference games and all the talk has been, well, the SEC is too tough, so we don't need nine SEC games. But a few years ago, they mandated you schedule a tougher non-conference team and put it in there. But if this is the impetus to go, okay, we're all going to have a shortened season. None of us are going to play really in September. We've all got at least one contracted non-conference game that we need to keep 
and play that. And then we're all these Power Five conferences, we're all going to play nine conference games. You'd have to start that in September, I think, to get it in. Either that or it would bleed over into early December and knock out your SEC championship game, Big Ten championship game, and all that kind of stuff. But all of this, again, that's all speculation. The exact dates, when it's going to happen. Nobody really knows. Here's what we do know. They're going to play football. We've gone through those reasons. Financially, it must happen. Financially, students must be on campus and taking classes. And that means football will happen. So it's going to happen. It's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when. Hey, one football coach is going to be playing his first season. And that's Lane Kiffin at uh, Ole Miss. Now, he did an interview with Fox Sports Radio. This is within the last 24 hours or so. Lane Kiffin, talking about his exit, firing, and his ouster at USC, and the fact that it really just wasn't handled very well. Listen to what Lane Kiffin said. The thing that bothered me the most was, was it wasn't, you know, you weren't graded on a fair scale. You know, everybody said, okay, USC and whatever, 28-15 or something like that. Like, I mean, it ain't like we, like, we're, you know, we're 1-10 in 10 or something like that. And so it was just, I just felt it was unfair because we had 30 less scholarships. I mean, you know the whole deal. Oh, yeah. Anyway, you know, when it hits, all your juniors and seniors can leave. They all can leave. So you got to recruit them. And you got to sign a number one recruiting class in the country, which we did, with kids knowing they're not going to play in a bowl game for two years and, and then lose 30 scholarships. And those 30 players, you don't get, they go to the other Pac-12 teams. So that, that's the part that bothered me the most was just, okay, hey, this guy can't coach. But everyone forgot about that. What do you think about that comment from uh, Lane Kiffin? I said Fox Sports. I, I guess it was on the Colin Cowherd show. That's one thing I've noticed about Lane is to, so far, to get an interview with him, you got to be one of the big boys. The quote, the thing that bothered me the most, you weren't graded on a fair scale. We weren't one in 10. I felt it was unfair because we had 30 less scholarships. And when it hits, all your juniors and seniors can leave. Then you have to sign a number one recruiting class in the country with kids knowing they can't play in a bowl game for two years. Y'all picking up on something a little bit here? The rest of the quote. So that's the part that bothered me the most. Everyone said this guy can't coach, but everyone forgot about, and then he said that, he means the sanctions. USC, they were punished because of uh, O.J. Mayo, Reggie Bush. They got the gifts, that whole deal. Um, they lost the program. USC, y'all remember it lost 30 scholarships over three years from 2010, 11, and 12. Right in the middle of the time that Lane Kiffin is coaching there. And then they fire him. Okay, he still went 10-2 and two in 2011. Again, so they lost the 30 scholarships in 2010, 11, and 12. In the very middle, in 2011, it went 10-2. and two. 
And so here's one story. It says, so the school felt he was falling below the standard they wanted to achieve. Kiffin also knew about the sanctions when he took the job. And that's true also. And he's only 44 years old, so he's relatively young. Now, I, I guess here's the thing that I was kind of looking at too, though, is you think about where Ole Miss is right now. The, the two programs. Kiffin was the coach in the middle of these massive scholarship cuts and massive sanctions across three years for USC. He was the coach. Now he's coming into Ole Miss as the coach after massive sanctions. Scholarship cuts. Maybe not 30 like USC, but still a bunch of scholarships. Trying to recuperate the program. So it's a little bit different from him, but it is similar in that neither of these situations for him, USC or Ole Miss, neither of those are just typical take a job, they've been rolling, let's go in there and see if we can elevate it type of deal. No, he takes a USC job, leaves Tennessee in the middle of the night, takes the USC job because it's sort of dream job for him, and knows about these potential sanctions when he took the job. In the middle of them, 30 scholarship cuts, takes him to 10 and 2 his second year, and the next year they fire him. You know, it makes you wonder why. John, watching on Facebook, says he's kind of in the same situation now at Ole Miss. Yeah, kind of coming out of it, right? And it's true. You know, so I think that is one thing that if you look at it, was it the for Lane Kiffin? Was it the firing at uh, USC that totally altered his career path? You know what I'm saying? Like you know, off the radar, kind of go to FAU, just keep your nose down and work, and now you're back in the SEC. Was it that, or was it really the decision to leave Tennessee so quickly in the way that he left them? Is that was it the decision to go to USC? that totally altered his career path for what now is, you know, not quite, but the better part of an entire decade. Or was it getting fired at USC, whether or not that was fair or not? I, I find it interesting that the two similar, and I hadn't looked at it that way, honestly. You know, I mean, when Lane Kiffin was hired at Ole Miss, I'm going, okay, you know, we know the pedigree is young, been around it. Everybody always saw something in the guy. And then he's done a really fine job at FAU, a place that you're recruiting a lot of JUCO guys and piecing together your signing classes. And they were good on offense, not very good on defense. Um, I mean, so you can see all those things, but I never thought to look back at the USC deal, see it for what it was. And that is something that threw his career path off, like I said, for the better part of a decade until he wound up now back in the SEC. And you know, fair or unfair, maybe there were other things about him they didn't like. Maybe there was other stuff going on. But just in terms of coaching, the truth is they were doing a pretty solid job on the field, wins and losses, doing a pretty decent job in the middle of a really tough situation. And it makes you wonder, given 30 scholarships cut, major sanctions and probation, and in year three of Kiffin they decide they want to make a change, at USC, what was it? It just it couldn't have been just wins and losses.
It just couldn't have been. Hard to imagine that it would have been at a school like that. And then they go to what? Ed Orzeron as the interim. <laughs> and the rest is history for him, I guess. But you're right, John. Kind of the same situation now at Ole Miss. Dorothy, hello to you on Facebook saying Hail State. Uh, we'll get into some recruiting later. State had some recruiting news over the last three, four days. You probably have seen those names and that sort of thing. Um, what do you think about that? Lane Kiffin, it was just unfair. I think that's the word that was used, unfair, the way that situation unfolded and the way he was evaluated during his time at USC. What do you think? You can hit me up on the uh, Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing Sausage, on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast, 885-ESPN or 885-3776, whichever you want to do. Either way, it comes to the same place. And then also you can call me right there on the Divinity Equipment phone line, 995-1059. That's a 601 number, 995-1059. Shock, horror, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. Louisville cheated in basketball. Oh, and, and, and shock and horror? It involved Rick Pitino. And shock, shock, horror, horror, somebody has hired Rick Pitino, and he's currently on somebody's payroll as we speak. Did, did that one get by you yesterday? I'll give you a few details on that coming back. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, just getting started with you on a Tuesday. Stick around. Back on the show. For those watching the live stream on Facebook or on Twitter, uh, you're seeing I'm putting my thermos back together. I just poured the last drop out. Didn't make any more for today's show. So this is it, man. One last cup of hot coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Mm. Highpointroasters.com. Bring it. This is going to be a nice relaxed segment <clears throat> because I have a coffee from High Point Roasters. Speaking of, I don't know what, why this would remind me of this, saying the word segment, but uh, Beaver, something happened towards the end of the uh, Mississippi Gridiron show, the Gridiron, with you and Chris Brooks. And it was innocent on his part and I only bring it up because I know he can handle it and he would giggle about this. But let me say for the record, and I think it just, you're, you're so busy during the shows, taking calls and stuff. I think it slipped right by you. But for the record, I'm saying this, I'm putting it out there. You know how we pick on Jake? And for those that don't know, if you're listening in another market, you're listening in Vicksburg or Batesville, if you're watching online, Jake Wimberly hosts the afternoon show on ESPN Jackson the drive you know how beaver we pick on jake about not being able to read oh yeah well it sort of started with the fact that we had all these certain things on the soundboard roger used to love to play them because jake's a good sport we all love jake 
and Roger had them right there, where Jake would mispronounce things. He would just totally butcher a word. And I, it, like one time, and it's all these little ones, and it's like a Yogi Berra thing. He does it and doesn't even know he's doing it. You know, He's like, I can't uh, pronunciate what I'm trying to say here. You know, that was one of them. There's all these different ones. Well, Chris Brooks pulled a massive Jake at about 11.37 a.m. DJ had just called the show and was making a point about Michael Jordan and some of the other stuff. And he wanted to use the word vehemently. If someone, you know, you've heard there's a denial and he vehemently denies the charges. Yeah. So-and-so, I mean, Beaver vehemently argued that It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is one of the better shows that's ever been made. He vehemently argues that. Means you're intense. You're into it. You are not backing down. And Chris Brooks was going to use that word, and he said that somebody vehemently argued on behalf of Michael Jordan. (laughs) Vehemently. Now, I'm just telling you, Beaver, where it is in case y'all want to go find it and investigate how something like that could come out of the mouth of an educated man like Chris Brooks. See, it's the same with Jake. Jake's got degrees. He's got four or five degrees and four or five jobs. Chris Brooks is like a certified chemist. This guy is brilliant, right? Like started a business. He's a writer. Isn't Chris Brooks basically a writer on his website? Yeah, now that you mention it. And he got on the radio and said vehemently. I have never heard anybody say that before. (laughs) Yeah, I did not think about that. Chris is not only a writer, but he owns a magazine. So that should be another step up, too. <laughs> it's great. So, again, it was around 11.37 a.m. It was right after DJ had called. I keep repeating this. Chris, if you're listening, just to let you know, we're going to find it. Okay? <laughs> we're going to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> we're going to get to the bottom of this. Vehemently. It was so funny when I saw it and it hurt it. And I had to just jot it down and make a quick note. Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, I mentioned it to you. Louisville is cheaters. <gasps> Louisville basketball would break rules. Rick Patino broke. You're kidding. No, I'm not at all kidding. The NCAA has accused the Louisville men's basketball program of committing a level one violation with an improper recruiting offer and extra benefits and several level two violations, including an accusation that former Cardinals coach Rick Pitino failed to promote an atmosphere of compliance. You don't say strippers on campus for recruits. We've already been through that whole chestnut. Rick Pitino currently is employed as the head basketball coach at Iona. Now, there's another unpublished, amazing part of this story 
And it's that Louisville continues to be sought after and cited and punished by the NCAA, yet Kentucky basketball is (laughs) scot-free. When's the last time Kentucky basketball got in trouble with anything? They must be brilliant to get away with what they get away with at Kentucky basketball. Mm. Brilliant. Either that or they're angels. One or the other. That's all you can say about it. Meanwhile, right down the road in Louisville, the NCAA is buying real estate. They have bought permanent homes for NCAA enforcement staff in Louisville, Kentucky. No, I'm making that up, but might as well. All right, here it is. The notice released on Monday, that was yesterday, the completion of a two-year NCAA investigation. Two years? Ole Miss fans are like, There's no way you can investigate what was going on at Louisville in two years. (laughs) Ain't no way. Ole Miss fans, they at least need half a decade. It took four years at Ole Miss, and they didn't even find strippers in Oxford. They may be there, but they didn't find them. The notice released on Monday is the completion of a two-year NCAA investigation following a federal corruption probe into college basketball. Louisville acknowledged its involvement in the investigation related to the recruitment of former player Brian Bowen II, blah, 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 blah. The school noted those personnel moves, firing Rick Pitino, firing Athletics Director Tom Urich, those personnel moves and other corrective measures in a, uh, were done as a result. That should be enough, they said. The school has 90 days to respond to what is alleged. The NCAA says the uh, improper offer and subsequent extra benefits were provided by people it identified and defined as, quote, representatives of the university's athletics interests. The most serious violation accuses Adidas employees, James Gatto and Merle Code, of offering $125,000 combined to the family of a recruit from May to September in 2017. Uh, Then an assistant coach, Jordan Fair, gave between $11,000 and $14,000 in benefits to a coach trainer, Brad Augustine, who was associated with another prospect. That'd be one of your AAU-type guys. None of that's bombshell stuff. I think the, the bombshell in the whole story is that Lou, I mean that the NCA is still going after Louisville. And the NCA is out here, they're going to punish Louisville for roundabout, like an assistant coach offering some basketball player up to $14,000. Really? Tell those investigators, I mean, Lexington ain't that far. Drive on up there. You never know. All right, here we go. Natchez Trace Mike on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison, and in Jackson. What's up, Mike? Mike, I know what it's like sometimes driving on the Trace if you don't have the right carrier. And I can't hear you. It's broken up. I think you're going to have to call me back. Are you there? He's not there. Yeah, so, I mean, what's Louisville going to do? What about Iona? Do they even care? See, I think that's where we are. 
You know, I talked about this the other day. Rick Pitino, by the way, 67 years old. And boy, you talk about a crooked rascal. Has done some awful things. And, you know, I know it's very unbecoming of a radio host like me to get on the radio and just start to rip some guy to shreds who, frankly, Rick Pitino doesn't know me, doesn't care to know me, probably will never know who I am and does not care one bit. I get it. Um, and people can change. People can do really bad stuff and then realize it and ask for forgiveness and get it. Okay. But the fact is, Rick Pitino has just been a bad guy. For a long time. He's done a lot of bad stuff. Just awful stuff. I'm not talking about cheating in basketball. Um, you know, this probably wasn't fair. I made a quip one time on the radio. I said, you know, Rick Pitino is, is kind of like a, an example of a guy that if you act like a rat long enough, you begin, eventually begin to look like one. Nobody really disagrees. That's the thing. But continues to get jobs. Iona gobbled him up, hired him. Maybe, you know, lead him to some success. And he's had a lot of success as a coach at different levels. But that's the thing about all this. I mean, what about LSU? Is LSU going to get one of these or not? You know, we're talking about a shoe company offers a recruit $125,000. An assistant coach involved at Louisville are accused of being involved of offering $11,000 to $14,000 to one recruit. And the whole country, because of the reputation of college basketball that the NCAA has allowed it to get to, the whole country looks at it and goes, so what? That's nothing. Doesn't everybody do that? Well, probably. It's a weird, weird time in terms of back page stuff. Back on the show. What's up? Hope y'all are having a good Tuesday. A good old-fashioned Tuesday. Get outside, do some stuff. We had a little sprinkle rain up here in North Mississippi a while ago, but it wasn't, it wasn't too much, not enough to really keep you from getting outside and doing some stuff. So um, make the most of it, right? At home, make a list, get some things accomplished. <laughs> if you like us, go to work. Figure it out. Wear a mask. You know, all that kind of stuff. Back with you here in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team. at Farm Bureau Insurance across all 82 counties in the great state of Mississippi. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Cinco de Mayo. Y'all celebrating. Huh? I would love to celebrate by going to my favorite Mexican restaurant, sitting down and ordering the fresh guacamole, veggie nachos, and just pig out. Eat way more than I should. Be full on chips and queso before the food even gets to the table. I hadn't been to my favorite Mexican restaurant since all this thing started. Man, do you even know what Cinco de Mayo is and why? It's, here's what it says. Cinco de Mayo, or the 5th of May, a holiday that celebrates the date of the Mexican Army's 
May 5th, 1862 victory over France at the Battle of Puebla during the French-Mexican War. The day, which always falls on May 5th, this year on a Tuesday, also known as Battle of Puebla Day, it is a relatively minor holiday in Mexico. However, in the United States, Cinco de Mayo has evolved into a commemoration of Mexican culture and heritage, particularly in areas with large Mexican-American populations. There you go. That's Cinco de Mayo. That's why, that's how. If you ever wondered, that's it. All right, here we go. Country pleasing text line. Country pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. This morning, I had fried egg, fresh, like all kinds of fresh fruit. It's like a continental deal. And a big old portion of jalapeno and cheddar sausage from Country Pleasing. Yes, sir. Make your tongue slap your hat off. It's that good. I eat it every morning. I eat it every morning. And I'm sitting here right now having lost 30 pounds since the beginning of February. That's a true story. And I eat country pleasing sausage every single day at breakfast. You can, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. We'll put it on uh, Instagram Live tomorrow and prove it to you. <laughs> and see, that's just another reason John is correct. He's watching the Facebook live stream right now. And he says, Matt, you're making me hungry. First, it was Mexican food. Now we're talking about sausage. All right. Country pleasing text line. Mad male person says. Talking about vehemently. Brooks just means it's bigger. What are you talking about, male person? Chris Brooks, y'all, if you're just tuning in, said that somebody was vehemently arguing something. Sure did. I heard it with my own ears. Not vehemently. <laughs> I'm going too far with this. <laughs> Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona, listening online and uh, texting the show. Said, I always thought USC had caught wind of Lane Kiffin's extracurriculars with co-eds. I've seen that hinted at, especially since I got out to Pac-12 country. It certainly wasn't just wins and losses. I agree with that. It was just simply not just wins and losses as it couldn't have been. A guy who wins 10 games in 2011 in year two of a three-year program slash 30 scholarships. I mean, it's, it's more than an entire signing class they were going through of cutting over a three-year period of time. It began the year before, and the second year of it, he, he wins 10 games. And the next year they fire him, it wasn't wins and losses. But the quote that we had from Lane Kiffin made it sound like it was wins and losses. The thing that bothered me the most was, was it wasn't, you know, you weren't graded on a fair scale. You know, everybody said, okay, USC and whatever, 28 and 15 or something like that. Like, I mean, it ain't like we'd like, we're, you know, we're one in 10 or something like that. And so it was just, I just felt it was unfair because we had 30 less scholarships. I mean, you know the whole deal. Oh, yeah. Anyway, you know, when it hits, all your juniors and seniors can leave. They all can leave. So you got to recruit them. And you got to sign a number one recruiting class in the country, which we did, with kids knowing they're not going to play in a bowl game for two years and, and then lose 30 scholarships. And those 30 players, you don't get, they go, to the other Pac-12 teams. So that, that's the part that bothered me the most was just, okay, hey, this guy can't coach. But everyone forgot about that. See, and that's the thing. I, I, don't, I don't know that, hey, this guy can't coach was ever the issue. 
Doesn't seem that way anyway. Not back then. Also, Jason, on the country pleasing text line, we were talking about Chris Brooks being a chemist. He said, uh, this would be a very lucrative time for a chemist to come out of retirement. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing, though. Chris isn't retired. All right, and PRG on the Country Pleasing text said, if there were strippers in Oxford, Freeze would have kept him, uh, them for himself. Yeah, you know, I mean, we, why, why go dig up digging up bones? Didn't Randy Travis have a song about that? Digging up bones, sing along. Randy Travis, what's he up to these days? Oh, hey, look, I told you the NFL schedule is coming out on Thursday. Y'all interested in that? I mean, I am as a as a Chiefs fan coming off Super Bowl win. I'm certainly interested to see like when. What you're going to get on Thursday is you're going to get a basically a calendar, okay, of when the games are. I think we already know who the home and away are. We just don't know the dates of it. Because, like, for instance, Gator Greg's been calling me saying, hey, keep your eyes peeled, man. Make sure you get tickets to when the Saints host the Chiefs in New Orleans. We just don't know when as of uh, yet. So let me um, find this for you. Saints. The home games this year for the Saints. This is what we know. Of course, you're going to have division games in there. So the three division opponents uh, opponents they'll host in New Orleans, Panthers, Falcons, Bucks. They're also going to host the Packers, Vikings, Chiefs, Chargers, and 49ers. I'll tell you what. <laughs> that is a tough home schedule right there. The road schedule. Again, division, you're going to play the Panthers, Falcons, Buccaneers on the road. The Saints will also travel to the Lions, Bears, Broncos, Raiders, and Eagles. Now, again, it's an NFL schedule. It's Everybody's schedule is tough in the NFL. But when you look at the Saints, okay, so what about Carolina? Are they better, more stable? Does Teddy Bridgewater play for 16 games? Because if they do, I think he definitely makes them better. What about the Falcons? Are they better, worse, whatever? I, you know, I know they have Gurley. I, I don't know. I mean, but competitive. I think we all know certainly without any question whatsoever the Buccaneers are going to be better. Okay, so you're home and away against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Home and away with Bridgewater now in Carolina. Including you're going to host, the Saints are going to host the world champion Chiefs who will be a favorite to go repeat. Now it's hard to do, but they'll be a favorite. You're going to host the Vikings, who are outstanding on defense. You're going to host the Packers. We don't know, you know, how it's all going to go. We just know they can score. They can flat-out score when they get hot because of Aaron Rodgers. You're going to host the Chargers, a win. And you're going to host the 49ers, who, at the, you know, depending on when you play them, you're going to have to bow up and tackle their run game for four quarters. That's a tough deal. And then the road schedule. Go to Detroit, win. But go to Chicago, different look, new QB. You know, go to Denver, depending on when you play. I mean, if that's late in the year, it could be snow, right, for an indoor Saints team from New Orleans. But but go to Denver, who will have a new quarterback, Drew Locke, but they'll have some weapons. Go to the Raiders, 
in Las Vegas and then go to Philadelphia. Again, depending on when you play, I mean, you could be playing in the ice. It's not at all an easy going to be an easy schedule for the Saints, but we're going to find out on Thursday when those games are. You know, and if you're scheduled to play the Broncos in Denver in September, so what? But if it's in December, look out. What about the Cowboys? So division, home and away, they'll host and go to the Redskins, Giants, and Eagles. The Cowboys will have home games with the 49ers, the Cardinals, the Steelers, the Browns, and the Falcons. And the Cowboys will have road games in Seattle against the Rams in L.A., against the Ravens in Baltimore, the Bengals and Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, and the Vikings in Minnesota. That is a brutal, brutal road schedule for the Cowboys this year. You know, especially considering they always have a trip to Philadelphia. We'll see about the Giants under a new head coach. But road games, Eagles, Seahawks, Rams, Ravens, Bengals and Vikings. That is a tough road schedule this year for the Cowboys. Anyway, I look forward to Thursday to see when the games are because weather in these outdoor stadiums uh, plays a big role. And you're talking about two indoor teams. Practice indoors, play indoors for the Saints and the Cowboys. Can't wait. Give me that schedule Thursday. I have something to look forward to. Hour two coming up. Stick around. 